Isaiah 10, 12. Set the trumpet to your lips. One like a vulture is over the house of the Lord, because they have broken my covenant and transgressed my law. Israel cries to me, My God, we, Israel, knew you, know you. Israel has spurned the good. The enemy shall pursue him. They made kings, but not enough, not through me. They set up princes, but without my knowledge. With their silver and gold, they made idols for their own destruction. Your calf is rejected, O Samara. My anger burns against them. How long will they be incapable of innocence? For it is from Israel, an artisan made it. It is not God. The calf of Samir shall be broken to pieces. For they sow the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. Therefore, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love. Break up your fallen grounds, foul grounds. For it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and reign righteousness upon you. Here it is, the Bible. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. O oh God, even as we hear an ancient and old word, let it be new for us. Let it open our ears and our hearts that we might glean some wisdom from you this day, some lessons about life. Amen. From that text, For they shall sow the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. And a quote attributed to 18th century Irish philosopher and politician Edmund Burke. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Bad news, good news, bad guys good guys. We live in an age of news delivered to us at hyperspeed. Hyperspeed more than ever before in the history of news consumption or news reporting. No sooner does one breaking story appear in our newspaper or TV, on our phone, or in our Facebook news feed to be quickly consumed and read and heard and seen, then it is just as quickly gone gone, right? There actually used to be something called a news cycle, and it was 24 hours long, uh, and you got one batch of news every 24 hours, and that was it. Those days are long gone. Because right now, those stories are swept away and shoved off the front page, uh, and our communal attention, paying attention, it just runs off to the next piece of big news, the next big story. Now, as a journalist and news junkie, a part of me loves this abundance of reporting, 
And yet, as a human and a person of faith, it bothers me that too often, when a story is really big and not just overhyped, when one story is maybe even a game changer or a life changer or a world changer, we as a society seem to no longer be very thoughtful about it. Or we just get so overwhelmed by so much news and so much seemingly bad news that we just turn away and turn off. A month ago, one news story broke my heart as a Christian, as an American, and as a child of God. It made me stop and think and weep and act. As with the most real of real stories, it is complicated. It's a tale of bad news and good news, bad guys being bad and good guys being good. And it dovetails perfectly with our question this day in our Summer of Why preaching series. Why do bad guys win sometimes? Why do bad guys win sometimes? Now the story, and a warning, it is hard to hear, heartbreaking and heart-inspiring. You may have heard it. The events unfolded on May 26th on a light rail train in Portland, Oregon, on the Friday afternoon commute home for a group of people. And in an on-confluence of events, that day, the Muslim holy month of Ramadan was beginning at sunset. Two teenage girls, 16 and 17, African-American, one wearing a Muslim headscarf, a hajib, board the train, probably laughing and joking and checking their phones and talking about their plans for the night or life at home. At 4.19 p.m., a man named Jeremy Christian boards the train and seeing those girls and that headscarf approaches them, angrily confronts them, yells at them, as a shocked crowd of bystanders look on. Get the blank out. Go home to Saudi Arabia, he screams. We need Americans here. Panicked, the girls move towards the back of the train, and then an anonymous stranger steps in. He uses his body as a shield to protect them. But Christian, who we later learn is a known white supremacist to the police, is not to be stopped and he continues his racist and anti-Muslim threats. Then in quick succession, three other strangers stand up to confront the now out-of-control Christian. They are 53-year-old Ricky John Best, an Army veteran and father of four children, 23-year-old Namkai Mechi, a 2016 graduate of Reed College in Portland, and 21-year-old Micah David Cole Fletcher, a poet and college student. Each of them courageously and selflessly put themselves in between Christian and everyone else on the train. And then the worst. Christian pulls out a knife and he stabs all three men. And Best and Mechi die from their wounds. Fletcher survives. According to witnesses, as Mechi lay mortally wounded, his last words were, tell everyone on this train that I love them. 
You know, when I heard that story, my heart broke wide open for those girls who were and are still, no doubt, traumatized, for the passengers who witnessed such a hateful, violent event, and, of course, for those three men who put their lives on the line, two of whom lost their lives to do the right thing, to do the good thing, to do the moral thing, the brave thing, to be truly good guys in the face of one truly, really bad guy. With all of the bad news that seems so ascendant in our world right now, terror and fear, bias and prejudice, there was something about this story that convicted me as a Christian and citizen. It shows both the absolute worst that we as humans are capable of and the absolute best, too. Bad news, good news. Bad guys, good guys. Why do bad guys sometimes win? Bad, bad men, like Christian, who stands for such bad, bad beliefs and ideas, bullies and haters and heartless ones. And is there any good news to find in the midst of all the bad news? What do you think? Here's what I believe. First, there have always been and there will always be bad guys and bad gals too. Such badness, the potential for any one of us to be bad, is hardwired into our bones as human beings, as heirs of Adam and Eve. The gift of a strong Christian faith to me is to always take seriously the problem and the truth of human sin, to not look away. That though we humans, most of us, know deep in our hearts what the right thing to do is, to love God, to love neighbor, to love self, always we can be tempted to do otherwise in large and small ways. I mean, that's why we need faith. That's why I believe we need church and community to remember that God always teaches and offers a better way to live with love, not hate, love, not greed or bullying or bias, love. And not just for the folks in our little tribe, but for all God's people too, all faiths and colors and orientations and cultures and peoples. That's why bad guys sometimes win. They choose to be bad, to take a life path that is ungodly, inhuman, violent, hateful, selfish. And though most of us probably won't ever have to confront such evil within ourselves or in life, like the folks on that train, like that attacker with the tragic name of Christian, still every day, each of us, a thousand times a day, in a thousand decisions, large and small, we do choose to be good or to be bad, to turn towards God's way 
to turn away from God's way. Why do bad guys sometimes win? Because sometimes good guys choose not to confront the bad guys. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. And so we individually and communally pay the price for it by our apathy, by our cynicism, by our inaction, by our self-focused ways, by just giving up in despair, by convincing ourselves that we cannot do anything about the bad guys. And so in the words of that ancient prophet Hosea, for they shall sow the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. Translation, bad guys win when good guys fail to act. But the good news, the good news is that good guys, good gals, good people, good Samaritans, good strangers, thank God that these souls do still stand up. They do still say, you cannot talk that way about another child of God. You have no right to hate them. You cannot bully or threaten the young or the old, the poor or the powerless, the alien or the orphan, the stranger or the sick. Not on my watch. And so when I hear what those men did on that train, I am sad, but I am not discouraged. I am in awe. I am challenged to ask myself, when I witness a bad guy in action, what will I do as a Christian, as one who seeks to live as Jesus lived? And as a side note, note, let me just say, it may feel like right now there are so many bad guys in the world and not a lot of good guys. Does that, is that how it feels sometimes? And yet for every event like that attack on the train or a terror event in Europe or some other heinous human act, one against another, friends, there are thousands, millions of good acts, good people doing good, good works, and seeking to be the good and to do the good every single day. We must never forget that. It's just that this news doesn't make the news. It doesn't make for good copy. It doesn't sell newspapers. It doesn't drive eyeballs to websites. I mean, I love journalists and journalism, but bad news about bad guys has and will always be the lead story. I worked in a newsroom, and you know what the cliche there was? If it bleeds, it leads. Okay? The only thing necessary for the triumph of the good over evil is for good people to do something. To do something. Bad guys lose when good guys act with courage, with hope, with strength, with commitment, and for us as Christians, with the good guy that we follow, Jesus Christ. So when I heard that story about Oregon, I knew I had to do something beyond just being shocked and then turning the page. I'd heard the story of a group of Mennonite Christians in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Those Christians, shocked by the language of exclusion and inhospitality and even hatred toward the stranger that had become all too common in part because of the red-hot rhetoric of last year's election, 
They created and then put one simple hand-painted sign in front of their church in three languages, Spanish, English, and Arabic. It reads, No matter where you are from, we're glad that you're our neighbor. No matter where you are from, we're glad that you are our neighbor. Thousands of these signs have now appeared across the United States. You may see them around town, on suburban lawns and city corners, on rural roads and quiet streets. And now, on my front lawn, too. On my front lawn. A simple message of good in a world too often bad. A message of love in the face of hate. A message of welcome offered by neighbors to sow just a little good, God's good, in a world sometimes gone bad. A little light, a little peace, a little hope. Yes, it's just a lawn sign, and yet, to do the good and to be the good, it all begins when good people, in humility and hope, take a stand and say, Bad guys win when good guys do nothing. Good guys win when good people do good. Like those good men on the train. And maybe like you and me, too. That's the good news. Let all God's people say, Amen. Amen.